The NBA season is heating up and Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon have got you covered on The Mismatch. They discuss all the news, the trends, and transactions happening around the league. They also offer their on-court analysis and occasionally get into heated debates. Check out The Mismatch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink, and you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, applicable on large big gulp only. Participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, Thursday edition sports cards, nonsense. Nope, nope, nope. What's today? What's today? Every time. (laughs) Oh. Here's the, here's the issue. We already did a 25-minute interview with Nat Turner, and then we're doing that thing we put at the end. So it's like, hey, we just signed on. We've been on for, I, we've been on for 25 minutes. I didn't remember what day of the week it is, so not a great sign. Teaser alert. Spoiler alert, you may call it. Nat yep. Turner interview. Nat Turner is the executive chairman. Is that what he said? I think that's uh, what he uh, told us. Executive. There was a C like, and an E. That's all I got. He is the executive chairman of Collector's Universe, the parent company of PSA. Um, he's been making the rounds kind of on some podcasts lately anyway, so guys have heard him talk. We didn't really talk with him about his collection a whole lot, although he showed us a couple of cards that are worth, literally worth more than my house, and I have a pretty nice house. Okay. That Hank Aaron is ridiculous. Nice. I'd like to know what that Hank Aaron is worth. Um, don't give it all away, okay? Oh, that's not Blue. any part of the interview. We did try to actually get some tangent. I thought he was pretty transparent with us. Um, so yeah, that, that's coming up. That'll be at the very end of the episode. By the um, way, it's Monday. For anybody who's still wondering. Monday edition sports cards, <laughs> nonsense. Um, um, how was your weekend, bud? We're not doing any banter. Why not? I made, I broke my own rule and I read the stupid reviews of the show, which actually oh, it's like 4.6 stars out of five. It's not bad. It's like six or 700 reviews. You now. read the one? But the the last the, two or three yeah. were just like, all those are, here was my, there's a couple that made me laugh, which by the way, I appreciate, even if you left a negative review, uh, thanks for the feedback. Anyway, I don't appreciate that. I want to clarify, but go Actually, ahead. never mind. But they're like, you know, <laughs> some of the banter, I think guys are still confused. Like we're just going to get on here and read analytic data of like the sports card world. It's just not going to happen. That would be I'm fun. sorry. Oh, oh, trust me. The entertainment <laughs> value, they would be through the roof. One comment somebody made though, I did think was funny. These guys, are gonna, you know, there's so many other people stepping into the space now. Really? 
Who else is coming into the sports card podcast world that you can stomach for one thirty minutes? Um, and by the way, and I would. Did you see? Oh, I saw. Trust me. <laughs> uh, I listened. I don't think it's going to be a sports card podcast. I think it'll be mentioned, though. It's uh, the Gary V and some guy I never heard of. Although I think he works for DraftKings and DraftKings may be a sponsor. So I don't know. So um, I do want to clarify cut that though. last part. Actually, we can cut that part, Ronick. We'll just say Gary no. V. I don't want to. No, no, we're FanDuel. You're good. Oh, oh yeah. leave that oh, in and leave your leave voice in. in. <laughs> Never mind. I, I, for a split second, was like, they may be a ringer. Uh, yeah, um, FanDuel's better. So there you go. Everything about the show's, no. Go ahead. I want to preface. The, what just is it? It's called, it. I think the show's called Pump and Dump or something. It's called no, Pump. Props it's, and Drops. Okay. <laughs> it's called Pump and Dump. <laughs> it I might said, as well be Pump and Dump. I said no um, banter. But I will say I listened to the preview and I felt a lot better about our show. Um, I think Gary's fine as usual. By the way, I think Gary totally ripped off the idea for a show because the other guy's like the investment guy or something. And he's like yeah. the sports guy. I mean, I can't even put into words how irritated that is. But after Are hearing the other dude, I am fired up. But after hearing the other dude talk, it was even for the preview. You're not just, a fan. It was a little brutal. But really? you know what, Gary? Gary might make up for Ronick, it. Ronick, have you heard Jesse be negative yet since we've been doing this? <laughs> We're going on two months. Honestly, I haven't heard it one time. I like this. Jesse's not a fan. Um, I, I'm sorry. First of all, I am under no assumption it's not going to get huge numbers. I mean, Gary V has oh, a massive sure. following. I don't even know how much they're going to dive in. I think they're kind of doing everything. Crypto, it's everything. crypto it's not, I, I'm it's hoping, shoes. It's everything. But I'm hoping there is also some card talk because... As much as I don't like that he kind of came in and has since ghosted the scene, I think Gary Vee talking about cards is a good thing for the market. I don't think there's any question. Uh, the timing's not bad either. A month before the National and the Nationals, a month before both, both shows. Both of them. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my thing, though. I, I read some of the comments. I was just like, you know what? And I asked for it in the Facebook group, too, like some critiques, because I actually enjoy like negative feedback about the show. That was one of it. Like, hey, we could we could use more card talk. Um, and sometimes you don't break things down enough. I don't mind. I think that's a fair criticism. And I'll be honest with you. I think there are other shows that do that much better than us anyways. If you're talking just straight card, like number talk, the analytics, the sales, you know, going over data and things, there are some shows that do that and are much better at it. I don't have Bottom any- line, if you're looking for sports cards, some kind of sports cards nonsense type thing, go somewhere else. You're in the wrong podcast. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm the only person who tells people <laughs> not to listen. Okay. Well, then it was, here's the other thing. I, this is the one thing I feel bad about. I need to work on my tone, I guess. A few guys are like, oh, you know, you're always talking down to Jesse. I don't know what, I, I, me really and Jesse mean. have a crazy sarcastic relationship. No. Nope. I can say this confidently, and I don't even believe in these terms. At the age of 35, I don't think you should be using this type of terminology. Jesse is my best friend. Best friend. Which is sad. Did we just I say that I think people over the age of 12 should not have best <laughs> friends. But it's true. Jay is my best friend. This is how we talk to each other. Like, I don't. I, I just I, get ridiculed. I'm always really nice. And he just says, mean guys, don't listen to him. It's Oh, awesome. man. I just, that stuff makes me laugh. Okay, three <laughs> minutes. We're done. No more banter. Big picture. I'm not talking about my dogs either. Negative comments about my dogs. Anybody who said that, you can bite me. I'll tell you that right now. I like my dogs better than anybody who listens to this show. That's, he except really for my does. wife. She's number one. But Brady Aww. and Griffey. I mean, right, right there. Griffey and Braid depends on the day. Big, I don't know what the compliment big. to Hannah was. That was weird. But she's number okay. one. That's the compliment. That's, that's enough. All right, big picture. Here we big go. Big picture. Excited. Get to that card talk. It was a nice thing to see some guys taking some serious positive gains. Since I am a negative, condescending little punk, I'm going to start with my negatives. Kevin Durant murdered me losing Game Seven. I could have used those toes back about three inches behind that line, make that a nice. three-point shot, win it, and then. Yeah, did not. You've got the white border one, right? 
Yeah, I got murdered. I was hoping everything... I thought they were going to win it all this year. It was going to just jump. The only thing that's balanced out my hatred of him losing is the fact that I then looked at Ethereum this morning, which we're not talking about. <laughs> brutal. Brutal. Before we go back to the card, and we are going to stick with cards. We're talking cards. Briefly, Crypto. Um, crypto? I said Crypto. I was hoping okay. you didn't hear it. Cut crypto, it. it from everything I've heard, uh, as far as this one guy I really trust, as far as his investment advice goes, in the tracking the analytics, it will drop further. But... It will once it makes a new low, we should see an upside where it continues to go up for a while. I'm there. excited. Let's go back. I want to talk about that Kevin Durant real quick, though. It didn't drop as bad as you thought. No, and, and you know why? Durant stuff has had to already drop from the February highs. Durant stuff, I don't think there's any reason to panic over. Now, Kyrie and Harden stuff did drop pretty much across the board. That's to be expected. Neither one of those guys are cemented anywhere near as much as Kevin Durant. Durant is a top two or three player of this generation. LeBron's number one. I don't care if you like him or hate him. Durant and Curry to me, the two and three in that equation, just because of the rings post-season success. Durant cards have not fallen. and Actually, almost no drop at all after the game. You cannot play any better than he played against uh, Milwaukee anyways. He was unbelievable, especially game six and seven. I mean, just ridiculous. James Harden, even him, shell of himself because of the hamstring, but the guy played really well. Um, one, th So there were two things that came out of this. It's nice to see that a playoff loss is not affecting all-time greats, and I don't think it should. Now, it crushed LeBron. Of course, that was a few weeks ago, in the really in the middle of this dip. LeBron stuff is still suffering to a degree. I was nice to see like Durant stuff didn't just tank, because there's no reason it should have. It's already lower than it should be, in my opinion. So Durant stayed steady. But the positive side of all this, you know, we keep being told, like, hey, everybody's a more educated consumer now. The buyers know, so they're not getting excited about these small um, jumps. Incorrect. Devin Booker stuff over the past two weeks is on fire. Devin Booker yesterday, I mean, single-handedly dominated the Clippers. I know Kawhi didn't play. Devin Booker looked unbelievable. Chris Paul didn't play either, but Booker looked great. I mean, that kid has solidified his hobby value already. Uh, I'm not so sure who the odds-on favorite are to win the... I think the Bucks are the fans of the uh, Vegas favorites right now to win the championship. I think the Suns with a healthy Chris Paul are right there. But to see Booker steadily climb has been cool. Uh, you, you're looking at something. I can see your face. Yeah, dancing. I'm looking at Devin Booker's uh, pricing. He was just uh, the 15th, 16th. He was selling for high 700s. Prism PSA 10 you're talking? Kind of our baseline we use. They're over 1,000 now, aren't they? Uh, well, this one is as of yesterday, uh, 900s. So, okay, so you're still talking 20% in, in yeah. a week. And if they, if they beat the Clippers and make the championship, that's going to keep rising. So even his base stuff has taken off. His really high-end stuff, NTRPAs, immaculate RPAs, numbered prism stuff is through the roof. You're not going to see that stuff come down. That's one thing we've kind of seen. The ceiling on the super high-end stuff is just has stayed pretty consistent. Um, but his stuff took off. Giannis is slowly on the move. Your boy? G? Yeah, J. J. J-A-I-N-S. G-J? Um, he played great. His stuff's been climbing. Um, what do you think about that, by the way? The Bucks win over the Nets? I mean, obviously, personally, it crushed me. But I... I, man, Was I, it not a surprise? I mean, I... Oh, well, it wouldn't have been a surprise. If, if the Nets were healthy, it would have been a shock. Kyrie missing all the time. Harden, again, I just shell. thought with Harden back, I mean, he does seem... Yeah, it, he's not he playing was like he was. And I can't fault him, though. He played. Even as a distraction in Game 6, because he was horrible in Game 6. 
Oh, but he was I think such, he had like six points in that game. Right, but he was such a focal point defensively. It, like they focused so much attention to him when Harden had the ball, it allowed KD to have some of the room he actually had. So, but Kyrie going out, you can't blame him. He felt him. He came down on somebody's on Giannis's foot. Like, what's he supposed to do? Now, if they beat that Nets team and they were healthy, huge upset. Milwaukee can play though, and Giannis is not anywhere near the Ben Simmons comparison at the end of games. He shoots well enough at the end of games where he's not a total liability. Unlike Simmons just can't be on the floor, and he wasn't yesterday, which is brutal. Because two times late in the game, Simmons prices, by the way, have dipped hard. And I was looking stuff, at Giannis's stuff went from 1500 up to almost 2000 It's right either now. Giannis or Janice. You can't it's have two wrong names. It not, can't be Giannis. Giannis. Is it not Giannis? It's Giannis. I thought I was saying That's okay. That's fine. You're what are you talking about? So his prism's up from 1500 to 2000 Almost 2000 yeah. Crazy. Even that's huge. Yeah. And that's a card where... Guys, I don't think the market's dumping after all. Maybe it's it just... nice to see, though, some of these spikes because Giannis stuff is up across the board. Both my hoops rookies are up. I've got like the red back and then just the base PSA 10s. Those are up. I, I can't imagine they lose to the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I would be that to me would be more surprising than the Hawks beating Philly. If, if the Hawks somehow beat Milwaukee, I'll be rooting for the Hawks, the underdog, and I don't care about either team. Um, the one weird outlier here is Trey Young. So some some high end Trey Young stuff has moved and has sold pretty high recently. Trey Young base stuff though, I know it's a lot of that is because it's base. But these other guys we're talking about, their base prices have moved up. Booker base up, Giannis base up, Kevin Herter stuff. By the way, if you can put him in, I'd be interested to see what his numbers are doing. Um, Trey is the one guy very little movement. I got a message from Simmons last night at like eleven o'clock. It was like, hey, it's amazing he's not moving up yet. By and large, Trey stuff has has kind of stayed stationary, which is weird to me. Let me. I was pulling up Trey and his thing cleared. Okay, here it is. So Trey Young, talk to me, Goose. What do you got? Okay, so he dipped um, back on what the seventeenth. So today's the twenty first. Four days ago, it was selling for like three hundred bucks. What are we talking Um, about? Prism PSA ten. Prism 2018, Prism PSA 10. By the way, uh, just one, one quick, let me interject this, because we do get this too. You guys always mention Prism. We like Prism because all these players we're talking about have it, and it's a good baseline. We're not saying this is the best brand. It's super overproduced. I'm not making that argument. It's a nice baseline indicator for base cards of a guy. So four days ago, Prism base PSA 10 was doing 300. What's it doing now? So 300, ah. Uh, Okay, so I numbers. thought it went more. It's only three fifteen. So That's what I mean. as of as of the fifteenth, it was at down at like two sixty. Yeah, so, so it, moved, it, it jumped 50. up. That's not it, a bad increase. No, but fifteen percent in a week, dude. You beat the Knicks, the four seed. You then beat Philly. I don't know how you beat Philly and have a fifteen percent. Like I just thought his stuff would have blown up. I thought that I honestly thought that'd be a five hundred dollar card right now. Well. I don't, you know, I'm not a big sports guy, if you didn't know this, but I keep hearing well, trust that trust me, Trey... the reviews made that very clear, <laughs> idiots. They're so mean. Oh, they're um, The The Trey performance in this last game was not up to par. Does that have anything to do with it? So that that is a misleading stat line, somewhat. He shot horribly. Uh, the first half, he was one of 12. He runs that offense. Now, he gets a little hectic, but the dude runs the offense. His passing and assist game was unbelievable. And then in the last five minutes of the game, he made some big shots. So he was underwhelming overall offensively. 
shooting wise. The rest of the game, I, I I still think he controls the entire tempo of that team offensively. But Kevin Herter carried them yesterday offensively. That dude. Uh, Let me look him up. Herter. It's H U E R T E R. That's, that's how I was going to spell it. Sure. Uh, Kev is... He's had a good series, had a, period. Oh, my. Kevin has had a nice little spike. Um, Give us some numbers. I mean, he hasn't had many cards. So let's just go ahead and say this is the 2018 Panini Prism PSA 10. So same year as Trey. He had, an, I guess, $90. 90 is what the card was selling for. Um, as of the 19th, it spiked up to 100 But... As of the 20th, so yesterday, this card sold for $184. Yeah. Like, it's what is ama- that, 80% increase? That's what I thought Trey stuff would do. So that's one thing we are seeing now. I think guys are staying away from base of the bigger names, kind of, uh, to a degree. Update, it is now selling for 200 and over. Crazy. As of today. So those those prices yesterday. So but he now is, he's selling for out. 70% of Trey Young. He's a he's a fine player. He's a good role player. He's had some good games, but I it, I just think it's a good thing to see when guys have a big performance, their prices shoot through the roof. Terrence Mann for the Clippers, his stuff at one point I looked on Card Ladder was up four hundred percent just after the Game Seven performance against the Jazz. I think there's a Crazy. window though. I think there's a sure. pricing window where it, it jumps that dramatically. I think if they're already up, then you're not going to see because then you need something like Giannis is not going to double overnight. Giannis, yeah, this though, is, would go up 50% over the course of two weeks if he wins a championship. But this guy, this Kevin Herter, he's he was a double-digit priced card. You know, I think that has potential to jump. And I think if you got, you see other guys in a similar position who have those are, are the on these teams, yeah, they're on one of these teams that's winning right now, they might be an investment worth, you know, making. Yeah, it's like guys are going to the next level now, which does show to me kind of that theory we've been hearing a lot of people talk about, more educated consumers. We're not going to get wrapped up in the buy the Luca prism. We're going to say, who's the who's the number three for, you know, the Suns right now? Does DeAndre Ayton make sense to buy? Does Kevin Herter make sense? Terrence Mann. Having said that, the flip side, I would say, I would be ready to sell immediately. I just, I'm not banking money on Kevin Herter having a big Eastern Conference Finals. And I think you can make huge money. If you've doubled up, doubled up in a week, sell your stuff and then don't look back. Same with Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann may not get double digits again this playoff. I would sell him in a heartbeat. Because um, you see the after effect. Ben Simmons stuff today. Unfairly to a degree, but I think now the consensus is this this guy cannot be a number one. No chance. Can he even be a number two? I don't know. As bad as Philly played, even Joel Embiid, who statistically was unbelievable, is a ghost at the end of games. They get a bad turnover yesterday. Horrible. I just think now Embiid's market hasn't been affected too much since the loss yesterday, but Simmons stuff, brutal. I want to go back to the example of Kevin Herter and anybody else that we're talking about in this scenario. I think the only logical play right now is, and I know we we're going to get crap because I'm going to say SGC, but you got to send it to SGC because there's no way you get the because there's only 268 pop on this say Kevin card, and there's not going to be a high pop count on any of these guys because they're low for a reason because people didn't think they were going to do much. Sure. The only option you have is send it into somewhere where you can get it back fast enough and then flip it. I, agree. I mean, if you're going to flip. Yeah, I agree. Cause obviously PSA BGS are not options right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's a bad play either. I probably should have started a week ago, but even if you have it now, um, yeah, it's a nice little plug for SGC as well, but I also think it's a pretty valid point. So 
overall good news. Nice to see Durant not just fall off a mountain. Nice to see Joel Embiid stuff didn't fall off a mountain. Simmons is a different story. But I was also encouraged to see some of the individual massive spikes. Uh, next subject. Take it anywhere you want to go. eBay return policy. Okay, short and sweet. eBay return policy now. Make sure I get this wording correct, Jess. If the seller does not offer returns, you now only have three days to return a card, not 30. Instead of 30. That's right. Yep. Some people, too, had Good said, news. Like, I saw this post, like, why is this a big deal? It's a big deal because when you buy that Kevin Herter right now, and in four days, he's <laughs> averaging two points, you can't return the card. This is a massive thing. This is one of the few times eBay is actually helping out the seller. They're always buyer, always on the buyer side, no matter what. It's nice to see them actually take some steps to, to stop these fraudulent returns, you know, three weeks later when a guy doesn't spike. Because what it was allowing people to do is speculate for free. Hey, I'm going to buy 55 Kevin Herter cards right now, spend 10 grand, and if they don't make the finals and his prices drop, I'm just going to return them. This is actually a huge thing to me. I thought that was a nice thing to see that happen. Um, and also a retraction from the news segment last week with the Jordan card. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. So the Jordan card, the PSA 10, sold on PWCC auction for 186000 which was crazy low, according yep. to a lot of people. What do you got? So basically, that was a mistake. I mean, it, it, we're it not like saying an, it would have sold for 300000 but eBay, eBay had a glitch in the system, and there are many people with screenshots showing, I'm trying to place bids on this card, can't make a, like, won't go through eBay came out and acknowledged, hey, our system had a glitch. It shouldn't have sold for this much. We're basically wiping that off the records. So I'm not saying that the card can't drop below 200, but I think this is another piece of good news. I, call me crazy. I think we're having a multiple good news card market uh, show right now. I mean, I'm known for my positivity. So you I are. And you. this is another that piece That was of a it. wonderful comment by you. I appreciate your input there, sir. <laughs> Um, there was some weird stuff. Like some people were talking about, there's some sort of collusion between that. And all of a sudden slab stocks was talking it up. I, I, I do think there are times when guys are looking for conspiracy stuff when there's nothing there. Oh, absolutely. We live in a world of conspiracy theories. Yeah. The amount of guys who had just individuals in the hobby with screenshots, I can't like bid not valid or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. There was clear. Now the flip side, what a miserable day for the buyer. Buyer <laughs> does nothing wrong. Yeah. But, but, the same is true of the seller. Seller didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And he's going to get, exactly. you know, 20, 30, 40,000 less. I don't know what you do, but wipe it out. It would be nice if they said to the seller, hey, here's an eBay voucher for 10 grand because we know you're going to lose a ton of money or whatever the card now closes at. I can't imagine they would do that, but I think it'd be cool if they did. Um, I don't think there was anything here more than literally just an eBay glitch, though. I, We were looking for smoke last week, too. I, I spent some time looking, I, you know. And actually, too, that, that brings me to one point I did want to touch on quick, because people have asked before, some of the things we referenced, like even this story I'm referencing, was on the Instagram account known as Card Porn. It's one of the largest, you know, baseball card, sports cards accounts on Instagram. 20 plus thousand followers, blue check mark. There's no name on it. Totally anonymous. I'm not saying their stories aren't right, because a lot of times they have good information, but some guys have asked, like, hey, why don't you reference them more? I'm not referencing people who I can't put a name. If I come on here and when I come on here and say dumb things, I think I said this last week, right? I come on here and did I do this rant last week on here or was I just live somewhere else? I think you were live. I don't remember it. Yeah. I tune you out a lot though, so it's hard That's to smart. Say. When yeah. I say dumb things, Mike Giuseppe on Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by The Ringer said something stupid on this day and time. There's an accountability there. I'm not ever going to just go off of the word of people I don't know. Again, some of their stories are totally valid. They're the ones who kind of broke the collectible thing with the Ruth. 
that was another story that was just vastly overplayed. It's not like there was any type of a scam. Did I love the way it was reported by The Athletic and Collectible, the sale? No. But there was a there was a middle ground there from this is a total scam to this is a just legit $6 million sale. The middle ground wasn't that exciting. The same is true with this story. It's not that exciting. There's no collusion. At least I don't think there's any sort of collusion, anything crazy going on. There was a glitch. It stinks for the buyer and the seller. They're going to resell the card. So, but guys, if I ask that, like, why don't you reference? That's why. You, you want me to talk about you more? Put a name on the face and come on the show and I'll talk to you. That's it. I'm not going to, you don't get credit for being anonymous, though, as much as, you know, people validate what they do. I'm glad they do it. There's some cool stuff. You've checked out the Instagram before. There's some detailed work on that. After I'm done checking out sports cards nonsense on Instagram. 4,000 followers. 5,000 5, followers. 50, no. Over 5,500. Um, I then like to check out others. Guys, go give us a follow and then never look at it again. I just want the number to go up. Thank That's you. That's all we're about. Here's That's three other guys. Now go to baseball for just a minute. Three other names I did want to touch on. Biggest news in baseball. Again, this is a... You know, restart the show. Run it. Cut the first 20 minutes. All right, Sports yep. Cards Nonsense Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday edition. You got the Wander right. Franco, the number one prospect mm-hmm. in all of baseball, playing for the Tampa Bay, no longer devil. Rays getting the call up. Bob, let's send it over to you. Oh, it's still going with the voice. <laughs> I'm doing it the rest of the day now. Um, Wander Price. So Wander's getting the call up. Everybody we've talked to, Mark Feinsand, Steve Peralt, all the other baseball guys we talked to tell you this yep. is as sure as surefire a prospect as they have seen. He's going to come up, play shortstop for the Rays. His pricing. He was already the number one guy from that class from 2019. And his, just so we give some product clarification, 2019 Bowman. So the product that released in 20, in April of 2019. It has him. It has Julio Rodriguez. That's actually a crazy loaded class. Uh, Marco Luciano. Huge class. But Wander was already the highest selling guy there. And one of the best selling guys I mean, he's honestly probably on par with Dominguez at this point. I haven't looked, but I'm sure he's right there. Um, Wander numbers were high. Just off this news, his stuff crazy spiked. Indy did some work for us here. By the way, yes. Indy started his first day of real work today. So, Oh, today's the day? Hope this job oh. doesn't suffer. Yeah, no, no. Obviously, this is first. Whatever else, it's real insurance. World job. I mean, just sit at your no. computer and log in. My Come degree on. is in insurance. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, I don't appreciate the negativity, but that's fine. <laughs> Wanda Franco. Jesse Wanda- doesn't know anything about. He doesn't even watch sports. <laughs> so what did he show you you know what guys we're uh, he got me tickled he got I, me tickled folks. trickle i want to uh, see you break down past sales of my pmg set from 1997 i don't want any I, humor that's all i care about i am the stats man um before the call up he was selling for 215 to 225 this is his 2019 bowman this was the chrome because it has chrome bowman, and paper chrome. psa yep. 10s were doing that now they're doing they're up like they have almost doubled correct yeah. So, well, there's an outlier that um, Indy has on here for $476. I don't know. Throw that out. Yeah. I don't know where I, there is one on eBay for that amount. But um, actually, you know what? Those numbers he did, I think, for from yesterday, that may be accurate. There was another one that just sold for $400. I might pull it up on Card Letter quick, too. Um, I-, I pulled it up on Card Letter. It doesn't include today's number. So, Card Letter's highest one has 337 However, Jeez. For today's numbers, there's one that just sold. Yeah, I'm seeing 375, 400, for 399, 399, 399. Yep. I mean, so that's up 80% overnight. That's insane. And this is yeah. the thing we said this a couple weeks ago, and I, I do firmly believe this. This has changed for you prospecting guys. It used to be they get more expensive when they get called up and play and do successful. I think right now this is the height of his market. 
You think so? I I, th- I would sell everything. I, I have one Wanda card that's tied up at PSA. I should have asked Nat, by the way. What am I doing? What? Yeah, he should have asked all his individual cards. Ronnie, can we get him back? I got a purple Wander. I would like purple Wander Auto. Uh, here's a good example, though. I'm glad PSA took forever. Had I got this card back a year ago, I would have sold it for a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks, because it's only going to be an eight or a nine. Now I bet it's going to be two to three grand. <sighs> so. But that's another nice sign of something major happens and we see an immediate crazy increase in something. This is the first time in a week we've seen some really big positive movement in multiple sports. I'm not trying to be all positive. Trust me, I hate positive things. And I don't think the market's coming back all the way right now either, by any stretch of the imagination. No. There are a lot of good positive markets. I hope it doesn't, honestly. I don't want it to go where it was. Two other guys who had kind of dipped, not because of their performance, they've been playing great. Otani and Vlad had kind of plateaued for a bit. They're both through the roof again. Those two guys are crushing it. I would have sold out Otani early, like I was saying. At this point, though, the clip they're winning without Trout, I think you hold Otani stuff for a while. And Vlad, the same thing. And and I think the Blue Jays may end up being competitive for that wild card spot uh, toward the end of the year. Vlad's a guy, if he's going to hit 40 home runs, which they're both on pace to hit more than that, I'm not sure you need to sell him right now. I mean, Toronto is 500. They're 35 and 35. You know. Yeah, Vlad's jumped quite a bit recently. Oh, and he should. He's absolutely crushing it. They're t- they're basically tied with the Angels right now, and they're all seven games behind Houston for first place in the entire league, in the AL. So him and Otani, I think, are both going to be at least in the discussion because there's been certain months where Trout, come, on, come September, the team is literally mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. It's brutal. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. So I think there's going to be a play at the end of the year or toward the end of the year for Vlad with Toronto and for Otani. I think like based on the trajectory, I would, it looks like a steady increase. It's not like one of those, you can kind of tell if a guy's going to come back down to earth. If it was just like a huge spike. Terrence Mann's coming back to earth. He tripled overnight. Kevin yeah. Herter is coming back to earth. Vlad exactly. is not. Vlad's no, been a steady, steady climb. Yeah. Yep. And he, and he's performed unbelievable. Which is funny because because Ravel had a tweet this weekend that irritated me. You know, it was basically just a thing like, you know, just a reminder, performance on the court doesn't dictate pricing. That is true to a degree, but now more than the last year, it probably does. Because the last year, it was just all hype. People were excited. That was it. That's not the case now. Kevin Herter prices jumped because he had a great game. You know, Kevin uh, Terrence Mann jumped, had a great game. Otani and Vlad having good seasons. Wander getting a call up. Like, those are on-field things that are happening and we're seeing a positive play in the market. I think these are all good signs. The national coming up is going to be a good, has always been a good thing for the market. There's always millions and millions of dollars spent there. There's hype, there's buzz around the industry when they leave. I think it's a good thing. I think we've covered everything in the big picture. What the? I do want to talk about what, so we actually made our our debut on Whatnot on Friday night. That's the new Whatnot app. It's a 24-hour selling platform. I don't know how great our numbers were. Me and Jesse kind of botched the link. You're supposed to share it when you're live. So we had more than click. anybody else on there at the time. I'll tell you that so much. We hit like and anyone I've seen since. We hit like 180 at one point. Um, I think if we had shared it correctly, which I, is my fault. I didn't research how to do it either. I think we can get a few hundred next time, and there will be a next. Well, it was a lot of fun for the guys who showed up, though. Balls on their court. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so open up that checkbook. No, uh, we had a good. I actually love the selling platform. I'll tell you this because guys are always asking, where can I buy? Where can I sell? So for buying, everything runs through the app. Right on your phone, you just watch it like you would watch a break or somebody selling live anywhere. The auction just runs right across the bottom of your screen. Here's the bid. You bid it up. From a selling perspective, unbelievable. I'm not checking payments. Everything just pops up. You've been paid. The next day, you print the label. 
discounted shipping labels too. It was definitely less than I'm paying. And I'm printing, I mean, even back when I was printing hundreds a week, it was less than that. I actually really, I had a good time with it too. You have to have a personality on there. Because a couple other yeah. sellers had reached out to me before <laughs> and they're like, man, you know, you came in one time, you did that. We've been selling there for a month. It's like anything else, work of your trade, be entertaining. And, and don't be the donkey. This isn't any selling venue. Don't make your audience feel bad when your stuff doesn't sell. If you're willing to put something at auction, I don't care if it sells for a dollar. What's the line? Oh, yeah. The, the one line I kept hearing on there from others. So you guys are stealing this from me. Can't believe it. I'm getting robbed. Don't put things up for auction then if you don't want to auction them. When I I'll put tell you. Up, I mean, they, I, they stole that dog bone. $50 for a Brady dog. Bone. Ian Babcock. <laughs> heck of a guy. That's going to be worse. That, that was a steal. We're not saying we're going to be on every week. But when we do come on, you got to join because... It was actually One, fun. Jesse Mike, was loose, had a little scotch. Mike liked to throw in cash uh, every random card. Oh, every, I, every multiple other people case. got extra cards or cash in their envelope. I, I just and, I dropped everything off this morning at the post office. I guarantee some people are going to have some. We yeah. almost sold those cookies, but Mike didn't want to sell them for some reason. Okay, um, my fault. But we definitely sold a Brady dog bone, one of one. My dog Brady. Not to be confused <laughs> with Thomas Edward Brady, the greatest quarterback no, of all time. no. Um, I'll it do, was just I'll, a lot of fun. It, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. I Definitely. mean, as long as they, they want to keep the partnership going next month on our socials, yeah. I'm cool with that. Um, Very cool. I had a good time. We'll try to direct more attention there, and I will use it either way. Honestly, if they don't partner up, I would I would go back on there again. I won't. Yeah. I certainly won't promote it like this. For free, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I thought it was a cool thing. So. Very cool. Yeah, I I put a little note on here. So in our small town of Hendersonville, I want to see it do well. Actually, <laughs> Hendersonville, Tennessee, not. North Carolina. That is true. Not North Carolina. Shep's Sports Cards just opened. It's, what would you say, 10 minutes from you, five minutes from me? Yeah. Yeah, right in, not the heart of Hendersonville. I guess Indian Lakes. If you know where Hendersonville Hospital is, go right across the street. Yeah, it's like a nice shopping, like a shopping center, like a mall area. Um, I was, it's cool to me to see card shops, like brick and mortar stores still opening. Um, Opening weekend, so had a little more buzz than probably normally we'll have. Um, I hope, I hope it does well. Like the guys were actually friendly. They both spoke to us. Or my one, one guy, bugaboo. My one bugaboo. Okay. They didn't know who we were. And that yeah, was Jesse offensive likes, to me. Jesse likes to ask people. It's <laughs> I awkward. just want to know if they listen to podcasts, if they're familiar with sports cards industry. The one thing that was interesting in there too, the majority of interest, and we were only there for 15 minutes, almost everybody wanted wax. That, that yeah. is the thing. Like the days of guys like me when I was a kid growing up and going to a card shop to search for cards Kids want packs now. Oh, like, and it was kids, want. though, too. It was, it was kids. That was nice. Kids that were in there wanting wax. I thought that was I'm really I'm actually cool. going to go over there and offer them. I've got my buy list from distributors that I can buy direct. I'm just going to say, hey, if you're not set up, like I want, I want you to succeed. I hope it does great. Like I think more card shops are a good thing for a community. So, um, um, If you go to this card shop, please I make sure they know that we were in there and that we promoted them so that next I time we come in, we're treated like royalty. Anybody who goes Thank to that card you. shop, you better tell them we talk. No. Um <laughs> immediately when we left by the way i didn't say this because our wives were in the car i was just like that's it i could throw like 50 grand at this and no heart no problem Don't. dude your lease for a year you pay it you're done throw some product to be great we're doing a sh- we're doing a live show at the shop are you kidding me show at the shop the are we shop doing show. This? the show at the shop i want to go ahead and preface that sheps doesn't know who we are and there is no, by I didn't no speak means to the- I yeah, shouldn't even the, speak to the guy. I'm saying my just, own card shop. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. I understood what you were saying, and I want to talk to you. That's just that an idea. easy. You just cut the check once. You don't even think about it. That would be That's, fun. Can you imagine? You're in a card shop all day. Just throwing money, money bags, Mike. Let's go to new releases. Kevin Durant and Ethereum took care of that for me. <laughs> uh, two new releases coming out Wednesday this week: 2021 Select Baseball, 2021 Stadium Club. One Panini, one Tops. I think Stadium Club's awesome. Just 
aesthetically, I've always liked Stadium Club, just the simple refractors, the color autos. I think it's a cool product. Not overly expensive for Topps Baseball for a nice chrome baseball product uh, with licensing. I, I think it's kind of hard to beat for the price, so I do like Stadium Club. Uh, it's got a good checklist, too. I looked most of the rookies this year are in it. The big names, Baum, Cabrian Hayes, all those guys. Select Baseball is a little different. I like Select for a cheaper price because I think Select's going to be one of those boxes you can get in the 100. Actually, pull up blowoutcards.com. I want to know what okay. they're selling Select Baseball for. Say please. Please, Jesse, if you would, you. with your yeah, time, which is valuable, I and I appreciate your time, and you know Thank that. You. You're a five-star really in my book, buddy. Five. Um, so, like, select football is one thing, huge. Select basketball, massive. In baseball, it's a Panini product, so it doesn't have licensing. The product itself, though, again, chrome, super, just full of, like, colors, refractors. You get a bunch of autos. The autos are average. I'm not going to pr- pump those up much, but the product itself is pretty nice. What's that, What are they charging on there for that, for Hobby Box? For for which twenty twenty one select baseball uh, so for like hobby baseball box. baseball um yep. let's see I'd like to see this be one hundred and fifty or less how much is it two forty four if anybody wants it for one sixty five just let me know <laughs> no I, we're gonna sell them way cheaper than two I mean that's that's a stupid price I wouldn't pay anywhere near that for it but I, but if you can get those under two hundred bucks one seventy five to two hundred I think it's a decent priced product again you get a ton of rookies you get refractors you get parallels the SPs you get a couple autos. Two I, autos a box, two memorabilia cards. Uh, and then just a bunch inserts. of parallels. Yeah, nine inserts and parallels. I, I don't hate the product. Price has to be right. I'm not paying 244 That's insane. But I would pay under 200 bucks. 175 to 200 I think is solid. Well, there, there you go. go. That's we the releases. Mail- we did mailbag with Nat, I guess, didn't we? We did mailbag with Nat. I've got some still, but we can save it for next week. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's do one from David Brock. It's the... Hang on. The, we can got you one guess from the player? We also oh, yeah. We got to do kid. the other one. Yep. Give me those The kid's two. getting his, his question asked. All right. Um, let's do his first. So... You know what? Before I forget, too. One kid... So, good customer of mine, too. I got to go back through my messages. His He gave his kid, like, a flawless briefcase of baseball for for... Uh, like graduating eighth grade or sixth grade, I forget what it is now. I'm stupid. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. I, th- I told him I was like, dude, if he wants to come on the on the Facebook group, is like ten thousand. We'll get like a thousand people in there to watch it. I thought it'd be super fun. Go live from your cool. phone. I'll join. <laughs> I'll join you from my phone. We'll do like live commentary, and mess around with. It. I thought it'd be awesome. He's like Very twelve, cool. ten or twelve. I forget exactly. I got to go back through. Didn't uh, we? I just remember. Didn't we auction off a spot on the show on whatnot the other night? Well, there were some cards involved as well. Uh, sure. My buddy Justin is going to come on the show one of these days, though. I, I've told you before, I, I I think once, twice a month, a 10 to 15 minute spot by a guy I know who has done well in the industry and is well-spoken. And Justin's also on podcasts all the time. Uh-huh. I kind of like that vibe. I think that'd be kind of fun to do. So yeah, we're going to have him on at some point in the month of July. All right. Well, and I'm excited um, about it. I'm excited about it, too. It was a, real, it was a lot of fun. All right. Um, Kyle Stevens, pop-up. Papa Bear reached out. He said he's got a seven-year-old by the name of Hudson Stevens, who is a big fan of the show, listens religiously. He says, pulled a Topps redemption card out of a Bowman mega box. Um, It was a Bowman green refractor, Spencer Torkelson, 2021. Auto huge uh, money by the way. Torkelson fifty five out of ninety nine. Yeah, because he already got the card too. I, I, he put like a follow up comment. They got the card in. Yep, um, it's a so huge card. Question is: Are prospects like Torkelson a flip or a hold? Um, so Torkelson was an I think the number one pick this year in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Hello, a guy like that. 
I think you'll see something similar to what we saw with Wander, with Kalenic, as there's buildup a year from now, whenever, when they start to get this call, you know, the, the call-up speculation happens, or if they just blow up in the minors, that kid's crazy talented. I'm, I don't think there's any reason to sell him cheap. Um, he had kind of asked about some grading options as well. That's a big card. That's a card I might actually spend the 300 bucks in Express with PSA. If you're gonna, if you're cool, if I'm gonna spend that money though, then I have to hold it till, for a year, six months to a year when he really spikes. If you were looking though, like, hey, Hudson hit this, he wants to buy a bunch of other stuff with the money, I'd SGC the card for 25 bucks. You're gonna get an upcharge probably at the end. What does it cost you? 50 bucks. You have it back in two weeks. You sell it for, I don't even know what that card's worth. That's got to be a big uh, card. About 240 for the raw um, last Oh, so this isn't the, this For a PSA isn't the, 9, is like 1500 My mistake. I thought this was the Bowman Green. This is, um, he this says, is tops. Yeah, this is Spencer Torkelson 2021 Bowman Auto, 55 out of 99. Okay, he's in, so 2021 is his second Bowman Auto. 2020 Bowman Draft is the huge oh, money card. Oh, okay. So Rot's worth like two fifty. I'd SGC the card. It's not obviously not worth the three hundred dollars PSA level. I'd SGC it right now. Okay. And then I would hold it because that's an awesome card, Hudson. I mean, that's not that's a big pull, dude. Can you Good for being, you, bud. Can you imagine being seven years old and pulling a two hundred fifty dollars card? That's I don't ins- have two hundred fifty dollars now. I can't. Wouldn't imagine that then. I'm not looking at my margin call sheet right now. <laughs> um, that's awesome, Hudson. I'm glad to hear there are still young guys ripping cards, getting awesome hits. Hudson. Very cool. Let me tell you this right now, too, then. What's the dad's name? Uh, Kyle. In English. I'm sorry, in English. Kyle. Kyle? Kyle? <laughs> Why are you so- What is wrong with you? Just go. Kyle, if Hudson wants to grade that card with SGC, message me on Facebook. I will pay for the card to get graded. It's <gasps> uh, 25 bucks. Wow. Take a breath. That's fun. Calm down. No, but I We're like seeing kids. Fun. And if he wants to sell it, I'll sell it on whatnot or wherever. I'll sell it and get the most money he's going to get for it. If he wants to sell it. If he wants it back, just he send may it to be a me. collector. A yeah, rock collector. Perfect. If he wants to collect it, send it to me. I'll still grade it for him. We'll send it back to him. And we'll send him one of our custom cards with it. Either way, you should message me, Kyle. Kyle. Oh, said, yeah, Kyle, <laughs> shoot me a message. Uh, we'd like to take care of the kid. That's cool. Very Give cool. me the, now, player A. No, player let's, let's save it. David Brock. We're going to save David we Brock. We can't save it. It might be timely. It's not timely. It's fine. Oh, David Brock, I tried, brother. <laughs> we're going to say, we're going right, to keep gotta, it. We're doing it next time. All right, we got our recorded interview with Nat Turner. We're going to go to that. And we're going to come back. I'm going to close with the show. We're going to leave. Here's Nat Turner. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Minor shot 
Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, it is Ronick Redemption time. He got Nat Turner on this time. We had to schedule. I don't know if you even heard about this, Nat. I don't know if this made it all the way up to your desk. Our producer forgot to send the invite last time. We were going to have you on last month. He's a busy guy. I don't know if he is a busy guy, but he has redeemed himself today. You showed up, so job safe. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing good. Good deal. Uh, so I, I actually, this kind of works out better, too. PSA is supposed to be opening back up in, what, 10 days, nine days from now? Um, and that's kind of what we why we wanted to have you on, just to kind of give some general information to our audience. What is, uh, what's July 1st looking like for you guys? Uh, we don't know exactly yet. Um, believe it or not, we're still nailing down the specifics. We're definitely going to reopen um, service levels that are not currently open, but we're not sure if we're going to open all of them back or not. Um, we're still burning down a lot of the backlog. I think one thing people uh, hopefully appreciate is, you know, we're not willing to sacrifice quality of the grading process. So we're not going to have our graders grade more cards than they were previously. We're going to maintain that same quality. Um, and I think people, frankly, would rather have turnaround times improve on the old stuff than be able to submit new stuff. So I agree. Um, we're pretty, fo- we're pretty focused on making sure we, we do the right thing for the people who've already sent in their cards. So I can't promise we're going to reopen everything, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, at, in person at the national still, that's still on the table. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I personally thought it was important for us to be there. I mean, I'll be there. We're, we're going to be grading cards for sure at the national. Cool. Let me, I don't know if you'll answer this question either. I am curious, what's the backlog look like now? Any idea numbers wise? I don't know the specific number, but it's significant. Uh, okay. still, still many millions of cards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not mad about that either. I, I was nervous when you guys first did it. Everything was going to come out in like two months, three months, and all of a sudden there was going to be too much. So I do think there's, I guess, let me ask you, they hear me talking off on here. My take has always been, although it is, you guys are obviously just a grading company, your effect on the market is massive. Uh, if floodgates were to all of a sudden open, I mean, you know this, you've been collecting longer than I have. It has, a, it would have a huge effect on the market. H- how does that play in when you're trying? I mean, I know you guys want to get people's cards back at the same time as kind of that unspoken rule. You guys have to keep the reins on somewhat. H- how do you work that balance? We honestly don't think about the value of the cards at all. Uh, we grade the cards on their merit. Uh, we don't really care if it's a $20 card or a $20,000 card. I mean, we care insofar as the handling insurance and and guarantee that we put behind it you know we need to you know charge the appropriate amount for those higher end cards but as far as the grading and and how that affects value we don't think about it i'll tell you one thing i mean people i mean some cards have gone down in value the last six months and i've certainly been the recipient of my fair share of people yelling about their cards have gone down in our hands but i can promise you it's worked the other way whereas the card values go up and as we had them in our hands last year they weren't so mad so, you know, it, it goes both ways, but again, we don't, we don't factor it in at all. So let me rephrase that. I, you'll notice throughout this, I'm not very good at asking questions. I actually mean just in terms of if you guys all of a sudden, if your backlog in two months was just cleared, 5 million cards hit the market, I, I guess not in terms of like, hey, is this card going to be an 8 or a 9, but just in terms of all of a sudden millions of cards, the floodgates in that regard, because that has to come into place. So, I mean, otherwise you guys would have just hired a million people and just had it done. 
I mean, it has to come into play there some way. Right? Well, again, it's not it's none of our business if that affects the market or not. But as it relates to why that hasn't happened, or I mean, we personally view it as a quality issue. You know, we have a certain number of graders. We're hiring all the time. It's not possible to double or triple our capacity in a month, two months, three months. And so the you know volume we can accomplish each day is steadily going up. But it's not you know, step changes. And we're not willing to sacrifice quality by just saying, hey, you know what, let's grade twice as many cards as we usually do, because that would mean graders are spending less time on cards. Uh, that means they're probably making mistakes and we're just not comfortable with that. So we'd rather tell people, look, you know, you're going to have to be patient. Uh, we we received an absolute avalanche of cards for about three or four months. Uh, we should have raised prices sooner to combat that as our mistake. Uh, but, you know, people continue to send cards even when we increase the prices. And so, you know, it just became untenable. And we're just going to, you know, again, keep grading the cards at the pace that we're able to with the quality we want. And so the backlog kind of, like I said, it's going to be, it's our priority versus uh, new cards coming in. I'm actually happy to hear that. I was terrified July 1st. It was going to be, hey, ex you know, value levels open again. And then just, I mean, five. Because me and Jesse know people, I mean, tons of people who are just holding out, hey, as soon as July 1st hits, we're sending in hundreds, thousands, whatever it might be. So I am kind of happy to hear that. Um, I'm also curious to get your take that on this. I grade quite a bit. We, you know, we have some sub guys who do some huge numbers. We work with Cohen and PC and uh, some of the other big guys in the country. It does seem like things have gotten much stricter in terms of grading over the past few months, you know, guys who are popping 50 to 60 percentage of tens almost across the board have told us, Hey, we're getting less than we used to. Do you think that's a sign of stricter quality control on your end or, or, or is that more indicative of people just sending more cards? Um, I've looked into this a lot. I've been asked this question a lot. It's not, we don't see anything on our side data wise. I know people have their very limited data set, you know, examples, anecdotes, which are just that in my opinion. Um, we're always willing to, by the way, to arrange a review of the cards where we can, you know, regrade them and show where the deficiencies are. I'll tell you a couple things. We've certainly noticed on the modern cards, ultra modern, like the, the recently produced stuff that Panini and Tops put out, that quality has gone down on Brutal. manufacturing. So, I mean, look at centering of 2019 through this year's Prism. Horrible. Yeah. So when people say I've been sending in Prism cards for years and the gem rate's gone down, I actually believe them because the card quality has gone down. And I've, I've personally been sitting in cards just like that. And I've seen the same thing, but again, it's mainly a quality issue. I've seen and been in the grading room to see it myself too. So I think that's the biggest thing, but also we have a lot of new cards coming in. And, you know, I think by definition, you know, you're just, you're not going to have the same percentage of gems. If you expand the number of cards you're sending in, people are sending in eighties and nineties cards that have been you know, sitting around forever, not graded. And all of a sudden they're getting graded. Those things aren't necessarily going to be tens. Um, they've been handled for a long time. So there's a lot of factors. Believe me, we're looking, you know, we're we're always monitoring our quality uh, at PSA and there's been no change to be stricter. So I've got a question as it relates to the grading. Um, Gentlemen, you guys recently included that. Has that had any effect on grading? And first tell us a little bit about it and then how has it affected the grading process? Yeah, so uh, a lot of people have speculated on that. It's actually not being used in the grading process yet. Oh, okay. Uh, it's still an R and D. Uh, so the primary purpose of it is actually not grading itself. It's actually an identification of fraud. Um, we, we do think it can help the grading team by doing things like 
well, first and foremost, not wasting their time by grading a card that shouldn't be graded, such as a card that's been trimmed or recolored or is inauthentic. Uh, but it could do things like, hey, here's the centering, you know, take that into account when you're formulating your grade. Um, that sort of stuff, though, is not, has not been implemented yet. The primary purpose is uh, card identification. So we know exactly what card it is we're grading based on machine learning. And then is this card real or not? And is it, has it been manipulated or not? Um, and fingerprinting the cards too, so that we know, hey, this card was a PSA 8 before. We now see it and it looks like something's off with it. Um, you know, we need to know that. We, we're happy to regrade a card someone cracks, but we want to know it's the same card because just unfortunately, there's a pretty big racket in this hobby where people historically have, you know, not as a volume percentage, but on very high-end cards, buy them and, and touch them up to resend them back in. Hey, so, so, actually, so that's a huge, can I stop for one second that? Something you just said is a huge misconception from what we keep hearing. It, mm -hmm. It's If it's been graded before the fingerprint, you're not regrading. You will still regrade it even if it triggers that fingerprint. Like, okay, I, I was curious about that. As long as it hasn't been manipulated. Sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, in certain rare cases, we'll want the original label back because say it's a one of one card. We don't want that label floating around. Um, okay. So, but again, we actually do want to discourage cracking. Uh, that's why we ask for labels back because you know, I think people are familiar. There are fake cases floating around, not just of us, but of Beckett and others. And, you know, if we have a label floating around, someone could fake a card, put a real label on it in a fake holder. And, you know, someone could seemingly think they're buying a PSA graded card. It's a real label, but it's not the real card. So we're, we're taking it. We do want to discourage cracking. We want people to trust our grading process. Um, but that's an example of, you know, it's primarily for identifying card manipulation. Okay. Yeah, I do like that because that was the big thing is, hey, all of a sudden, because like you said, there's a ton of guys who do that, especially the the prospect guys. I can just wipe down the surface a little bit better, clean it up, send it back in so they can still well, do that. Way, like if you clean fingerprints and stuff, you know, I'm not I'm not a grader, but that's that's from what I understand. Fine. Sure. It's the it's beyond the, that. It's the people who buy cards with a yellow spot and white them out. It's that right. kind of stuff or, you know, flatten them and trim them like there, there's a lot of tricks they use. And and you know, we have a we have a threshold and we can't detect a lot of things. But if we know the card, if we've seen the card before, we certainly can before and after. Interesting. So. Okay. I'm glad to know that. That was that's news to me. That's cool. When does that come out of R and D? When do you guys implement? I'm not sure. Uh, I mean it's, it's we're not gonna I mean the, the grading process is sac is uh sacred to me. I mean, we're not gonna implement something until the grading team is fully uh on board and and has been, you know, properly trained and feels comfortable most importantly that it's gonna add to their uh, you know, ability to detect these sorts of things. So it's probably still a ways away. Oh, okay. So um, one question from a guy, Evan Michael, he wants to know if you guys plan on expanding services to any other countries, specifically Canada, but uh, any others besides that? Definitely. Um, I think it's just a question of when. Uh, we're very, um, I would say, focused on the U.S. issue, which is the backlog of people who have sent cards to us that live here in the U.S., but also XUS, they've sent cards through group subs and dealers, XUS. Um, we just have to get through our backlog first. We are going to expand, though, our first office outside of California. will be in the U.S. soon. Uh, we're actually looking at spaces now, which we're really excited about. I hope the step after that, it's either going to be another office in the U.S. or we'll be um, outside of the U.S. But I would love to see three or four offices, um, you know, outside the U.S. in the near future. Just near future, it's probably, though, two or three years. I mean, we're... You know, the number one thing, like I said, I've said it a bunch, is quality. We have to ensure that when we grade cards, say in Canada, that it's at the exact same standard as it is in 
California. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's not super easy. You know, we have to have people from California, you know, be willing to move there and start the office and train new, you know, so it, there's a lot um, that we have to think about, but we'll definitely do it. So just to, just so I, I just want to make sure I didn't miss it. So you are planning on expanding another U.S. branch would be the top priority. Yeah, we're going to we're going to announce that like in the next couple months. Oh, OK, nice. That's what was my next question. I was curious as if you had a time frame in mind. So yeah, yeah no, we'll, I, I doubt it'll be operational this year, but we're going to sign a lease in the next couple months if everything goes well. Well, nice. kind of to go along with that, a guy, Ian Babcock, said that there was rumored a hybrid grading service that was going to be started in Seattle. Um, what's your thoughts on hybrid grading Is and if that's true? I don't know what, what that's Okay. Called. I don't either. Yeah, what are you talking about? No, a I hybrid think hybrid PSA grading, service? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hybrid B, I think they were referring to something that's... Some sort of an expansion. Well, and I think it's more of a technological grading with human and technology using the I mean, grading the, our goal with Genement is to integrate it so that the grading team is using you know technology to help uh they're still the arbiter and the final say of the grade and they're the primary i would say majority of the grading process for sure but that i mean so in theory that's a hybrid grading process but we don't think of it that way it's still psa grade i have a question on that too just because this is one thing that always gets me angry the amount of people um customers like myself, because that's all we are. We're customers on the other side of things. The term AI has become like the catchiest phrase to use in grading now. I'm not that smart with, trust me, I barely can set up Zoom. Jesse <laughs> holds my hand like a small child. But I, I am curious, In is PS? I mean, I just feel like that's one of those catchphrases. People use it now to prove that one service is better than another. And I don't, to, at least to me, it's never been explained that, hey, this is actually AI as opposed to just software, or I think you even use the term like machine learning, which I think you'd agree is different than just this, this concept of AI though. What are your thoughts on that in grading right now? Yeah. I mean, look, people in every industry overuse the term. It's, it's, you know, I would say the vast majority, including what we're doing, is not any cl anywhere close to true artificial intelligence. We're just trying to use computers to make predictions of things like, is this, you know, predict if this card is trimmed or not? Like that's sure. the question you can ask of a computer with enough data, you know, training data that, um, you know, in theory, a computer could do that quite well if it has, you know, measurements and, or if it knows the card, a, a prior photo of that exact same card, but that's not, I mean, sure. It's like some concept of AI, but at the end of the day, it's, it's simple. It's, you know, we're not flying people to the moon here. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> you know, we're, we're rendering an opinion on a zero to 10 scale of a card's quality. It's not, you know. I'm happy to hear that. Everybody always dances around that stupid question. And I never get an answer that's just like, no, it's really not. It's just machine learning. So I, I appreciate the transparency with that one. Um, any thoughts on future adding of photos, like when cards yeah. are graded? No, we're, we're, I'm actually really excited about this. The first order of business when I, when I showed up is I wanted every card graded um, that I wanted scanned before and after the grading process, front and back. Um, we are, uh, we've made it actually, people don't realize this. We are scanning, uh, I think over half of the cards now that we're grading. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We, we haven't really, and I, and almost every card that we, that we receive, we, so you can't really grade anything with computers unless you have a picture of it. And so, uh, we're taking pictures of the cards, um, at a pretty high clip that, you know, frankly, somewhat, uh, behind the scenes, no one's really exposed to that because the, the raw image isn't really useful yet. We, we have some ideas as to how we'd make it useful for the customer. Um, but uh, the slabbed cards, uh, we are, we are uh, scanning a significant percentage of those now. And our goal is to have every single card that we grade front and back 
imaged so that the customer can see it in their inventory, in their stats. They could download the image for whatever purpose, um, you know, selling it, whatever. Uh, yeah. Or when a customer does a cert look up and they want to make sure it's the same card they're buying. That's yeah, what I was exactly. thinking. That would be huge. Okay. So you are, you guys are already doing a lot of that stuff behind the scenes. Just yeah, hasn't been sure. brought to the public. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, but we're, I mean, if you, you probably haven't noticed now, but if you, for, I'd say any card at express or above, if you type in a certain number and it's recently graded, it's the image will be on the website. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very I haven't cool. really touted it because it's, it's, uh, it's not super complete yet. It will be hopefully in the next few months, but, um, you know, we're just, we want to get it right. Um, maybe just a couple more questions then. Um, Nathan Richmond had asked after the backlogs cleared out, we see economy value levels open back up. Do you still expect a 10 to 12 month window? Oh no, I hope not. I mean, the truth is we're going to be burning this backlog down for quite some time. You know, I think, uh, look, if you just look at the numbers I mean, we're going to be dealing with this for, for a year or so. Um, but once we get the backlog to a more manageable number, you know, million, two million cards, uh, maybe even less than a million where it was before COVID. Um, you know, there's no reason we can't get back to two, three month turnaround times. I can't promise specifically because it depends on how much we reopen and how many cards we allow to come in. Um, our goal is to never again, you know, for a while there, I said this number before, you know, we're grading tens of thousands of cards a day, you know, uh, in a single day, we received 660,000 cards before the price increased because it leaked. So we, we just, you can't have that multiple Delta between what you're able to do and what you receive. And, and by the way, before that, it was still four or five times on a daily average, uh, more cards than what we were able to grade. And so we have to get the balance of incoming cards, uh, to be kind of in a comfortable range of frankly, lower than what we're able to grade because we're going to need to dedicate our grading capacity to the backlog. Um, and so when we reopen, it's going to be very thoughtful to that. We're going to allow some percentage of our capacity to go to new cards, but still a majority going to back to the backlog until the backlog burns down, at which time we have to make sure that incoming number is manageable. And we're going to have to do that through pricing or through, um, you know, restriction of service. And we don't want to do restriction of service. We want people to be able to send in their cards. So we're going to have to pick a pricing level that, you know, allows people to send in their cards, but still doesn't create another avalanche where we have a, you know, another big issue. But I'll say by that point, I mean, we're adding graders every day, every week. I mean, we, and with technology, I think we can expand a lot over the next year where, you know, we can incomingly receive more cards than we did previously. So. Hey, j just to ask a numbers quick question real fast. So right now, I mean, what's a daily, any idea what a rough estimate of cards you can grade daily are? It varies a lot because on some, you know, we spend a lot of time on vintage cards and on a, okay. Cause you know, in off you know, and you know, no one's, no one's faking a 2020 base prism John Morant, but you know, they certainly are of 1952 or 86 flair. So uh, it just depends. I mean, on a good day, it's in the, t it's, you know, several tens of thousands, okay. uh, bad day it's, you know, lower, you know, you know, 10, 20,000. So with that being the case that when you guys open back up, it sounds like pricing is going to be the way that you guys kind of slow things down, speed things up, so to speak. Um, do you view PSA as going forward the, you know, that gold standard of grading where you don't, you're not really looking necessarily for some of these lower price cards to be sent in? Do you want more competitors in the field? Yeah, no, we, so yeah, this is another misnomer. I mean, I'm a collector, by the way, I collect sets. I think it's very important that people should be able to grade whatever card they want. 
especially collectors who need, say, base cards graded to complete a certain set of theirs that they're trying to do in PSA. So it is, I have every intention of getting back, allowing us to get back to the point where we have, you know, $10, $15 service levels that allow a 1981, you know, tops baseball common card to be graded without stupid for spending, you know, $50 on it. I mean, sure. that, that is, that is the plan. The, the, the challenge is, you know, there's so many cards that meet that ball that meet that threshold that would all of a sudden be sent to us. Like we saw in, you know, the last few months. So we okay. will get back there when we're able to. And let me, let me switch it up to, I don't, I just, cause I am curious. Cause like I said, I, I've, I've known the name Nat Turner for a long time, just from being a collector. I've seen some of your posts with the cards, the sets, different things like that. I, I am curious just to get off the grading for just a minute. Obviously it's in a pretty, pretty harsh correction right now, dip across the market. Where do you see things going in the next six months to a year? Yeah. I mean, look, I've certainly seen, I would say the higher supply cards go down, like the LeBron Topps Chrome rookies, the Jordan Fleet. I mean, the cards with hundreds or thousands of examples, but I'll tell you on the high end stuff, like not even high end, things that hasn't are, moved or it's gone up. I mean, right. uh, I don't know if we're on, if this is going to be video or, or not, but like I've got, you know, I'm, I'm holding like some of my rare like vintage cards. Just Henry. To, yeah. My Hank Aaron 10 rookie. Um, you know, like I'm bringing, I'm going to, I'm going out to California this week to spend time with the team. I, I need to get this reholdered. Um, so as an example, like that kind of stuff, I mean, obviously this is the highest of high end, but even if you go to like stuff, sub 10, sub 10 pop stuff, that's mm -hmm. a few hundred dollars. Like that stuff is still taking off. It's the classic supply demand problem. Um, what's so, the pop on that, on that Aaron, by the way, do you two, know? Two. Yeah. Two. Um, that's that's funny. He just got a card sitting on his, <laughs> on his countertop there. I like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's I, a I nice card. Yeah, I was literally organizing before I got on. Jeez. That's funny. So, you know, the point is, is I think I think demand has gone down on high end cards just because a lot of people acquired them that needed them, and now they don't need another one. Right. Uh, it's classic supply demand. So, I, I think the, the hobby's in a great place health wise. We're going to go through these ups and downs. Uh, I mean, I think the easiest thing to say is even the card values is today. If you go back six months, they're still up multiples of where they were. So, you, no one can be really that mad. Yeah, we always talk about that. The, the the floor now is still so much higher than the ceiling yeah. used to be. I don't know. I don't know how guys can get upset. Well, I'll give you the the Topps Chrome LeBron. I mean, I bought ten of them three years ago uh, because I thought they were nice. I didn't care the value actually. I just really like LeBron. And you fast forward today, they're down fifty percent from where they were in January. Sure, they're up sixteen times from where they were two years ago. So, like, you know, still at the lower rate. So you right. You, you real? I mean, the the speculators who pump a bunch of money into it in january probably are hurting but that's what you get for speculating you can you can go up or down just as fast so. now nat going forward do you view the card market as are we past where we were say you know in the 90s we saw a big increase we saw a bubble and it burst it died back down we saw in the early 2000s with ebay a bubble it burst it come came back down but now we've seen the market come back up and it's come back up, but not nearly as much. Like we were just saying, the the lows are still much higher than they were. What's your overall vision of the sports card market going forward past the next six months to a year? Do you think that this is the new norm where more and more people continue to get into cards? Or do you think, you know, we just kind of stay around this level of peak? Have we peaked in interest at this point? I don't think so. I mean, I think we have a lot of room to grow. I'll tell you, I mean, I view this, this is one reason I got involved with Collectors Universe and PSA. I mean, I view it as a big responsibility of ours. And there's many other companies that I think are, are helping this is to make the hobby safe and high integrity 
and you know just limit friction so that people who are getting into it aren't taken advantage of, aren't scammed, feel comfortable and confident that what they're buying is fair value and is what they're actually thinking they're they're actually buying. And like I've had friends get into it and buy things on eBay that you know they aren't what they thought and or or it was a good experience, but they just, that one bad if you have one bad experience and you're new to the hobby, it's gonna it's gonna you know potentially you know not make you want to keep buying cards and collect. And so I think a big part of it's getting kids back into it. My biggest fear, frankly, is the card manufacturers with prices. You know, my five-year-old son, when we go to the, the the store, you know, I can't hand him his $5 allowance and have him buy a pack of cards anymore. That's, that's the part that scares me is, you know, you know, Walmart shutting down and target, like, because, you know, you have guys following trucks, you know, <laughs> right. and that's the part that freaks me out more than anything is because, you know, for this thing to be healthy, you need to get the next generation involved. Sure. Uh, I just don't know how they control that. I mean, because guys know if I go to Walmart and buy a twenty a nineteen ninety nine cent pack, like it's going to be worth a hundred dollars on eBay. I don't know what you do. I know the problem is they have the same problem we do is they can only control through price and so price. Sure. Up. I, I mean, you know, honestly, the best thing I would do if I were them is embrace uh, local card shops and have local card shops. You know, have you know product where Panini requires age. You know, uh, you know, or parental. You, know, you have to sign up to get cards and prove that, you know, these are for, for say that, you know, someone under the age of 18. Sure. I mean, there's, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, you could go to Target, Walmart or local card shops and buy cards and there wasn't the speculator, you know, gobbling them all up. Uh, I mean, they have to limit quantity, you know, allow one or two people, you know, one or two boxes per person. They can do that better online than they can in person, um, which they're doing. So, you know, anyway, there's a lot of stuff like that, but I don't know that there's no great answer. I mean, but, and that, that's the problem is like, that's the biggest risk we have is inflation. And I would say also too the, the, um, lack of creativity amongst the card companies concerns me. Um, you know, we've, we've moved to this world of like single products with 25 parallels as opposed to, you know, highly innovative, highly differentiated sets with really cool inserts and maybe one or two parallels, which, Maybe I'm just the old guy, but like that was that was the that's what worked for like 25 years, and we moved away from it. Um, you know, and I'm not sure it works to have 25 variations of the same card. I don't think it does. Um, you know, Panini. I just opened a case of the 2020 Panini Basketball Prism. Like, kind of was kind of boring. It's boring. Yeah, I was gonna say it's you, you may get a you may get a color refractor, but who cares? It's the same card. I feel like I wasted my money on that. Like, that's not yeah. a good feeling if I'm a 15 year old kid who got one of those boxes for Christmas. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I can deal with it, but you know, someone just getting into the hobby as a teenager, I don't know if they would. So, yeah, and I've always said too, I'm not sure why they don't take a couple products because right now it just seems like the push has been make everything hobby available in a, in a retail skew. So just take three or four hobby skews that are average and just flood and retail exclusive and go nuts. Because if you started to flood that side of things too, flippers are not going to care if this if they if you can get there every week. Even something like Select Select's a good product. If you told me next year, hey, we're not making hobby Select, we're going to make 10 times the amount and it'll only be retail. I honestly think that pro solves a huge problem right there. There's no exclusivity to it. Everybody can get it and we can live without one, yeah. one skew you know, like and the, hobby. The card manufacturers have way more of a say or influence in the future sure. hobby than people probably would like. I think, I think the best thing I have is the leagues upstream of them should go non-exclusive and allow tops to make basketball cards and allow upper deck to, you know, that's, if you want innovation, like, like the reason we're so focused and, and, innovating and investing at PSA is because we have competitors and 
that's what does better. I don't know if, if the card manufacturers feel that same desire. So, yeah, no, I don't disagree. Anyways, not, not grading questions, but I know as, as tapped in you are, I was curious to kind of get your state of the union type view on the, on the market. So, um, Hey, we appreciate the time. Like I said, sorry for the screw up last month. That was actually my, I, I blame Ronick. It was actually my fault. I don't usually say that publicly. I'm a fan of blaming others and just taking credit when things go well. Yeah, it's really but good. It seems to work <laughs> out good. So, anyways, appreciate too. I've never seen a Hank Aaron PSA 10 ever. Yeah, so, uh, that's pretty pretty ridiculous. So, appreciate here's, the time. Here's Jeremy Banks one too. <laughs> okay, now we're just showing off. I got I got a. He made fun of it earlier. I got a Beckett 95 Brady behind me that's worth 2,500 bucks. I thought it was living large. So, no, we appreciate the time, uh, Nat Turner. Oh, what is the title, by the way? I, I was gonna, about to butcher this. I might as well just ask you. Exec chairman. Exec chairman of Collector's Universe, correct? Yeah. Okay, good deal. Well, there's your PSA info. We appreciate the time, sir, and hopefully yeah. we'll have you back on one of these days. All right, see y'all. Good deal. Thanks, Nat. All right, that was your show for the day. Here's your <laughs> fake ending because we, <laughs> we did a live show, recorded interview, close it up. Um, Closing it. Thoughts for the day? Anything? Cause we didn't um, talk about the Nat Turner auto me, um, interview, me and you. I thought the Nat Turner interview went actually really well in the sense of I'm not a big uh, sports cards guy. Don't even know what it is. That's the that's the role I play. Um, I think it was very interesting for guys who are in this hobby and outside this hobby. So I, I'm hoping this is a video clip on uh, the YouTubes. Ronick, as a non-sports card collector, but a huge sports fan, just entertainment and informative value wise. What did you think of Nat Turner's interview? You can be honest. He's not going to listen. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, I just hear kind of peripherally about all the grading processes, and I don't really know the specifics of them. To, so to hear the kind of uh, rigor and uh, you know intensity that they use around that process, it was very interesting to hear about firsthand. Ronick, since Trey Young dominated your Knicks, are you now rooting for him to win to go to the finals? What's the thought here? Absolutely not. Uh, really? No Bucks. <laughs> bucks and five. Dude, you got to like that he plays the villain, though. He got knocked over by Dwight Howard last night. He just does push-ups, smiling at the crowd. Yeah, I he's like the, him. I love I just, it. I wish uh, it's the fouls that get me. I can't stand the fouls. Oh, he is brutal oh, to watch. Yeah, he's just jumping fouls. around. Yeah, he jumps, which I guess the NBA is reviewing that thing now, too, with the like your offensive motion to create contact to get a foul call. They're going to review. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I like that Trey embraces the, follow, the, uh, the villain role. He's like the only guy who does that. He complains to the refs, and he gets real critical of them, then he yells at the audience. I love it. Good we were Trey. talking about the Nat Turner interview. We already did that. We're good. I thought it was good. I, I thought it was more entertaining than he was going to be. Um, he answered more questions than I thought. There was nothing really. To, it wasn't like a pressing interview. He answered. The only thing I was curious about was like when he mentioned, hey, we're going to open something else up. I've heard him mention that before. I wasn't going to let that slide. Like you can't just drop that. But he said in the next few months, we're going to announce something. So what am I going to do? We're not gonna do you think he, ha- he is the highest net value of any person we've interviewed? <laughs> personal wealth? <laughs> yeah, personal wealth. I don't know. Our boss is pretty loaded. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I don't. All right. Go ahead. Send that's, us your last pay stubs. Uh, Bill and Nat will we'll confirm on the next episode. We should have had Bill join today. They could have like. I was honestly, I thought he might have just popped was, in after the I tray. I thought for a minute he might. But then I was like, you know what? I don't know if he's going to speak to us ever again. So you never know. 50 he hates minutes. us. All right. That's your show. Uh, sports cards nonsense. It's Monday, by the way, Jess. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network and our gracious employer, not employers. What do you call it when somebody pays you as a Partners. corporation? Partners. <laughs> I don't think Spotify no. uses us. Brought to you by, we don't are powered that. by Spotify. You can listen to it anywhere you get your podcast. Go ahead and be 
different than the last three donkeys on Apple and leave a positive review there for us. Jesse yeah. does a good job on the show. I'm not nearly oh. as mean in person as I come off to be. So Did they talk about me specifically? No, they didn't. And actually, oh. any, t- any type of feedback you want to leave, we are always interested. Make sure you check us out on all our socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that other crap. Uh, yeah, try to stay in touch that way. Anything else to add? Closing thoughts? Card services on the website. Check them out. They are the go-to the name of that in website? the industry. What's the name Sports of that Sportscardsnonsense.com. Ooh, we should have a jingle for it. It'll get stuck in people's heads. Sportscardsnonsense.com. That's the reason to tune in Thursday. Jesse's Jingles. Costanza. Bye.